0: I will explain why we picked that that particular um, uh, verse here in a, in a few minutes. But as we have looked at the past, for the remainder of the time, we're going to look forward for a few slides, and then we're going to look into Scripture quite a bit. All right. So let's uh, let's just get started here. Our vision for 2022. Are you ready for it? Not yet. All right. So why talk vision now? Right. This that's a uh, uh, why why are we talking vision? Well. Vision takes planning. Vision needs to be intentional and purposeful. And so we have been, behind the scenes, we have been talking and talking and talking and talking, and, 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 and things are going to be rolled out. This is our vision for 2022. Why are we talking about it halfway, just a little past, little past halfway through 2021? We're still seeking to accomplish all those things that we have uh, set forth as, as goals for our last year's vision. But we're talking vision now because we are going to... Um, uh, we want to make sure you are kept informed. And also, I just want to walk you through a brief plan of what this looks like. Okay, so we're doing Vision Sunday. We look back, we look forward, but ultimately what we're going to do is we're going to, after I, uh, today's time for me right now is for me to lay the, the foundation for what's going to happen, what we're going to study over the next six weeks, the following six weeks. And, and we're going to engage in this, and we're going we're gonna to study a certain aspect of God's Word and, and see this teaching, the, this command that's there. Uh, and then after that, we're going to get into a study of 1 John. So just kind of so you kind of know where we're at. Uh, this is S- Vision Sunday. The next six weeks, we're going to actually, each of the pastors is going to take a, 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 a Sunday and preach uh, an aspect of, our, of the vision, all right, that we're, we'll introduce in a minute. Uh, and then thirdly, I just want to, what does the heart represent? The heart I'm talking about is this one right here. I want I just thought it was important. You're going to see this heart with a cross in it uh, quite a bit. And I thought, let's just go ahead and explain the significance. So what that is there for is to help us as preachers and teachers to understand, and for you sitting in the pew as you're listening and applying to your life, to understand that the cross the gospel of Jesus Christ is central to everything that we're preaching and teaching on. And it's, it's essential that we understand that that gospel centeredness exists. That, just that little logo, right? That little, that little item or icon right there, that helps us. So, so let it speak to you as we go through. So, our vision for 2022 is we want to be a church community that loves like Jesus. Now, you may be thinking, well, we're already that community. In many ways, maybe we are. But in some ways, maybe we're not. But we're going to talk about this. And, and so if, if you go on our website and you go to the, 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 the portion of the, of the vision website that talks about uh, looking forward, I, I, I described some of the, the way of, of how, what my mind, what my, my thinking is as, as we approach this coming year. We want to be a church community. That's what we are. We come together. We're a church. We're believers in Jesus Christ, if you come to faith in Jesus Christ. And, and we want to be a community that loves like Jesus, so, so this will be the the, logo, or the, the the slide that you'll see probably before the next uh, number of weeks, and you'll see it on our website for a while, because this is, this is what we're challenging you to do. This is what we are challenging ourselves to do. No one is exempt from this command: love like Jesus. Now I 'm going to touch on the, the theme verse that, I, that I've chosen for this. this is John 13 34 and 35. Uh, so, I mean, you can, you can look there. I'm going to have it on, your, on the screen. Right? And we're going to touch on that now uh, in a moment, and we're going to touch on it in the end. And in between, we're going to just look at a bunch of different passages of Scripture as we uh, unv- un- unpack this idea, uh, love like Jesus. So I, I hope that you'll get excited about this particular. Maybe, you're, maybe you look in the mirror in the morning like, that'll never happen. I'm not a lovable person. My middle name is Eeyore, right? You ever met an Eeyore, right? Who oh, is me, right? Uh, doesn't think he's good enough for anything. No, you are good enough to love like Jesus. Why? We're going to unpack that, all right? So uh, this is the text, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another, it's simple teaching. It's in the context of, of uh, the Gospels, and, and it's, it's Jesus communicating to those that were nearest and dearest to him. But as we go through this, I want you to understand, these words are for us as well. And so as we continue to go through this, please recognize that if you call yourself a believer in Jesus Christ, you are a disciple, and you are supposed to mature in your faith. All right, so I want to talk today, it's not just out of this passage, we're going to look at other passages as well. But well, I want to talk about three expressions of love today. And this, is, this will be the, these three things, and we'll, we'll, we'll hit on them one by one. And, and we're going to talk this thing through because we're talking about love today. Um, I heard, Melody, a friend of ours is visiting us. Was, was it you that told me that a pastor actually went from Princess Bride at a wedding? And actually, were you sharing that with us, right? All right. I, you either love or hate Princess Bride. Okay. I love it, all right? But many people, when they hear this word love, they think, love. All Right? They think all these things about love, maybe some songs from the 70s come up into your mind if you're my age. Maybe, maybe there's a newer song. There's actually a song called, called Love Like Jesus, all right? It's out there. You Google it. I Google it. First thing that popped up is a Christian artist. Well, I think he's, he's either Christian or country. I don't know. Or both. All right, he's saying love like Jesus. Oh, I'm good with it, right? And it's and it's a decent song. And so, uh, but that's not where I got the the words. But you know, we want to do this, right? But this idea of love, this topic of love, is serious. But many people don't treat it seriously. Many people have a definition of love that that they don't even fully understand and is not biblical. And so we're seeking to have a biblical definition of love as we go through this. But I want to talk about these expressions of love. And so the first expression of love is the love of Jesus. And, and so you're going to see some, some prepositions here. And, and so we're going to talk the love of Jesus. The love of Jesus is essential for loving like Jesus you cannot love like Jesus unless you know the love of Jesus. That's the message, right? That's the first part of this message. And so what we see is the ways we see the love of Jesus, we see, see Jesus' love. It's given us in details in the gospel. So as we go through this series, you are going to hear stories about Jesus with a Samaritan woman at the well, with a leper, with, with, uh, with um, any number of people, with his disciples. Get they behind me, Satan. I mean, uh, talking to one of his closest disciples. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to hit all those as we go through this series, but we're going to be anchored in the Gospels. We're going to, because to love like Jesus, to understand what that means, we have to see what Jesus loved like. And that, that love likeness, right, he lived out in his earthly ministry, and he lived it out amongst people, real people like you. And like me, so we see Jesus' love. It's detailed for us in the Gospels, and but really, we uh, um, and, and that's what we see in really the the uh, in, John, in the Gospel of John is this idea: a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. So hopefully, you can see that with a darker text, uh, Jesus is saying this love that I have taught you about disciples, this love that I have been living in front of you, this love that will ultimately be displayed on the cross of Calvary, this love. He's like, I'm asking you, I'm commanding you. Actually, that's what it says. It's a commandment. I'm asking, commanding you to love like I loved you. That's what he says, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. It is a commandment. It is not a suggestion. It is something that we are called to obey. So as you look on ways we see the love of Jesus, so we see the love of Jesus uh, in the, detailed in the Gospels, but we also see it in his death on the cross, which is the Gospel. It's not the whole Gospel. It's the, it's the key element that we look to. We say that a, a righteous, uh, sinless substitute had to die on that cross, right? For our benefit, for the, so that when we come to faith in him, we can have our sins forgiven. So so we don't we don't worship a a Jesus that just died on the cross. We worship a Jesus who died on the cross, was buried on the third day, rose again in fulfillment of Scripture, has is now ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, is making intercession for us, promises that he's going to return, and he will return because everything he's promised has come true. So when we say we see that Jesus' love and his death on the cross, that is the clearest visible description of, of Jesus' love for us, right? The love of Jesus is clear, most clearly displayed in the cross, and that's what we call the gospel, right? That's why we say uh, the gospel is, is so central to everything that we're looking at. So when you think about uh, 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 John and, and his being a disciple, he says, uh, he, he talks about love a lot in his writings, uh, but here is in John 15, he says, this is my commandment, and we're focusing now on the love of Jesus. He says, that you love one another as I have loved you, Greater love has no one than this, than, I, than to lay down one's life for his friends. I put that in red because I'm trying to highlight it. This is the love of Jesus. Jesus did this. He did this for us. If we, are, if we consider ourselves his friends, he's considering us friends. That's what he says. He says, you are my friends if you do what I have commanded you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. I, let's just pause there for a minute and re, realize this. Jesus came as the son of God, right? He had, God became man, baby, right? Born in the manger, sinless, lived a sinless life, taught his disciples. But what did he teach them? He taught them. Look, I, I basically... I, all things I've heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Jesus didn't keep things secret. He says, this is what you need to know. And he has basically not only demonstrated to us, but taught us how we can love like him. So as we go on in the text, we go on, it says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. This is, again, we're in the context of Jesus talking to his disciples, but we can also apply this to our days, We are to, to ourselves today. We are disciples, and therefore we are to bear fruit. It is God's fruit that he does through us, and, and that fruit is going to remain. Why? Because Jesus remains, right? As we go on, it says, These things I command you that you love one another. Uh, so all this, all this, the love of Jesus, is essential. We see it in detail in the Gospels. We see it lived out. We see it through all those texts. But there's also a text in Ephesians I wanted to bring your attention to. And, and this is Paul talking to a, 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 a church congregation that he just loved. There was something special about the Ephesians for Paul. And so Paul says, therefore, remember that you, Ephesians, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called circumcision, made in the flesh by hands, that at that that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. This is who you were, Ephesians, and this is who we were before coming to faith in Christ. He's saying, listen, there is no hope. You are without God in this world, without the love of Jesus. The gospel is for every person at every moment. It, we see that initially in the lives of unbelievers becoming believers. And obviously, this is also good news for us as we live our lives, seeking to center our lives in the gospel and understand we need to remind ourselves every day that this this middle wall of partition that Paul's talking about, right? He's saying that God did this amazing thing through Christ, and he has reconciled. We'll go on in the text. He says, but now in Christ Jesus, you were without hope, without God. But now in Christ, you who were once far off have been brought near By the blood of Jesus, by the blood of Christ. He's he's saying very clearly, the love of Jesus was demonstrated on that cross. Paul believed it, miraculously. The Ephesians believed it. And generations upon generations have believed the same truth. And that's why we gather here Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, because we know the love of Jesus. It goes on to say, for he himself is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. What's he talking about? He's talking about this church thing was a mystery that the Gentiles would be part of it, right? Excuse me. The, the church was a mystery that it would be composed of both Jews and Gentiles. The Jews thought they were alone. They thought they were the people of God alone. And, and, and Jesus comes on the scene. He says, nope. I've got this whole other group of people that you despise and that you reject. And I'm telling you, I'm allowing them in to my love as well. And he says that he's broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh, again, think the cross. He's broken down, uh, he's having abolished in his flesh, the enmity, that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from two, thus making peace. So In the context of what John is saying here, he's saying that there's this relationship that is going to exist between peoples. This is a glorious mystery that the Gentiles are going to be part of God's plan, but where the rubber meets the road is the fact that all these people got to get along. All these people have to come together. All these people are in Christ. They are equal and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross. God is in The, the love of Jesus is a, re- is a love of reconciliation. We're born in this world, we're sinners, destined for hell, destined for separation from God. Jesus Christ comes, and the love of Jesus says, I have come to pay for your sins and reconcile you to God. And if we are going to be reconciled to God, we're also called to be reconciled with one another, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. This is all part of the love of Jesus. But there, we have to look at a, well, um, uh, 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 that's just recounting what we've done. We have to look at this second expression of love, which is the love for Jesus. Do you have a love for Jesus this morning? This is a good pastoral preaching thing to do, right? Calling your attention, calling you out right in the midst of worship. We worshiped when we sang. We worshiped when we listened to Scripture. We're worshiping as we listen to the preaching. We're worshiping as I'm preaching. This is my part of my worship. But the love for Jesus, do you have a love for Jesus? Well, certainly I do. I'm here, aren't I? Well, let's consider that, all right? The love for Jesus is essential for loving like Jesus. If we're going to love like Jesus, if we're going to love like Jesus, we must understand and have a love for Jesus. It's an informed understanding of what love is. Uh, we see love for Jesus in worship, don't we? Don't we see a love? This is, this is where we come together corporately, and we worship together, and we sing, and we praise God. And, and when we have people join church, they give testimony of having come to faith in Jesus Christ and, and how they understand they have forgiveness of sins. And, and we hear testimonies where someone say, God did a work in my life. And we see that during our prayer time and devotion time. Hey, let's, let's brag on God. He did this for me. He did this for a loved one. Right? We, we see love for Jesus in our worship corporately, but we also see it individually. One of my favorite stories of this is, because I don't usually get to see individual worship. I'm usually watching and participating in corporate worship. I certainly have my own individual worship. But I remember going on a hospital call uh, many, many years ago, the Stimpsons, all right? So, uh, and I I walked in, and Mr. Stimpson was in the bed this time. Usually it was his wife, and he was the one sitting in the chair. This time he was in the bed, and she was uh, sitting next to him. Senior Saints... Love the Lord, they loved me. But it's the only time in all my years of ministry where I walked into a hospital room and husband and wife had the word of God open and they were praying. I had walked in on their private worship. Husband and wife, I think that constitutes private. It was beautiful. I get I get emotional every time I think about it because it was that special. So I just stopped in the doorway. I bowed my head. I, I, I engaged in the prayer. I was like, please don't say anything I shouldn't hear, right? But I was like, I don't know what to do. And, and they, opened their, they opened their eyes after praying, and they just greeted me in, and, and, and they were not offended that I was witness to their private worship. They had a love for Jesus, folks, and it's a love that, that when we see in others, it's beautiful. But we see love for Jesus in worship. It ought to be part of your, of your approach to worship. Asking yourself, am I... Do I have a love for Jesus as I'm worshiping today? We also see a love for Jesus. Uh, I, actually, for sake of time, let me just hit this, uh, this passage. This, this, this is an illustration of, 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 uh, of this idea of we see the love for Jesus in worship. My point in bringing this passage up, all right, it's the, it's the story of Jesus and his disciples uh, on the Sea of Galilee. The disciples are in the boat. The winds are raging. The waves are raging. Jesus walks on the water. Comes the wind and the waves, Right? great story. The purpose for sharing it, and I'll I'll go through it in a minute, the purpose of sharing it is to say, at the end of that story, they worshiped him. Their worship wasn't, wasn't just to worship. Oh, Jesus is here. Let's worship. It was in response to what Jesus had done. It was in response to the love of Jesus for them. Look at this text. It says, But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. I, uh, Do not be afraid. And Peter said, Lord, if it's you, command me to walk on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous and he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Words that I cried out when I was in need of Jesus... Lord, save me. Peter was talking figuratively. I was talking spiritually. Jesus did both. He saved Peter, and immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the love of Jesus for his disciples. And his disciples respond it's not the same worship that we're engaged in today, but they worshiped him in response. Our worship is to be in response, but our worship is also supposed to be, uh, excuse me, our love for Jesus is also to be seen in our obedience. Think about that. Does it seem right that Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments? Was that just a passing thought of his? I think not. Notice this. John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. John 14, 21, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. Uh, John 15, 17, these things I command you, that you love one another. It wasn't just John that was focused on love, it was Jesus. Jesus kept telling his disciples over and over and over again, love each other. It is my command, it is not an option. And we are called to be obedient to that command. We see that lived out in Romans 28. Uh, excuse me, Matthew 28. That was totally out of the blue. Matthew 28, 18-20. These are the verses that we basically claim our mission, right? To make mature disciples of Jesus Christ. Notice what Jesus says here. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Notice this, teaching them, this is a command, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. We have the love of Jesus displayed on the cross. We have the love for Jesus as we live out in our worship and as we live out in obedience, our life. He says, and then he promises us his presence. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So as you think about these two expressions of love, the love of Jesus and love for Jesus, it's the foundation for this third expression, which is the, to love like Jesus. Do you think you know how to love like Jesus? Right? And, and you might. I'm not saying that you're ignorant of these truths that we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks. But I'm saying that this, we ought to be challenged to grow in each of these expressions of love. I think we ought to grow in our understanding of the love of Jesus. I think we ought to grow in our understanding of the love, our love for Jesus. I think we're going to focus for the next six weeks after today to love like Jesus. We're gonna, that's going to be the messages. And then we're going to get into 1 John study, which is very much centered on love. And, and we're going to be bringing these things before you again and again and again. Because to love like Jesus... Uh, uh, it, it means that we see... This is uh, The question is ways we see people love like Jesus. We see love like Jesus in our relationships, don't we? Well, maybe we don't. Think about this. Do we see the love of Jesus in this room? Do we see the love of Jesus in our relationships here, our relationships with those who came earlier in the first service, their love for us? Are we seeing... Because, you know, that's what I said at the beginning... People don't often understand what love is. And we had to make sure we have a biblical definition of love, not just an understanding of what words say love, right? I had this discussion with a brother in Christ. He was reminding me. I, was, I actually came up short on the number of words used uh, for love uh, a few weeks ago and when I was talking about it. But I'm just saying, do we, do we understand what the love of Jesus is? And so how can we l- know how to love like Jesus in our relationships uh, if we don't understand the first two. So think about this. Uh, to love like Jesus requires humility. I'm going to share some words here. And basically what I did is I just kind of, I, I just fast forwarded. I looked at the different messages that are going to be preached over the next few weeks, the focus of each message. And I just came up with some words that would demonstrate that Jesus really did these things. And we ought to do these things. To love like Jesus requires humility. Jesus was humble. Philippians chapter 2, right? He condescended. He, he came from heaven to earth, right? We see that in the Gospels. But are we humble in our relationships towards one another? To love like Jesus requires compassion. Are you a compassionate person? Well, I hope you are. Some people have are, are, are overly compassionate, uh, you know, and some people uh, struggle with compassion, or at least their ability to express it. To be compassionate is, is to enter into another person's life and, and, and feel what they feel. Not to the level they feel it, but to let's identify with it and to let them know, I am identifying with whatever's going on in your life. I'm trying to seek, I'm showing compassion. Jesus showed compassion. He showed compassion for people that were totally written off by the religious community. Jesus was humble. Jesus was compassionate. We're supposed to be both. To love like Jesus means we, it requires vulnerability. This is something that you don't engage in very often. But are, are you willing to be vulnerable to your brother and sisters in Christ? Or do you have to put on the happy face? You know that commercial with the little plate with the smiley face and the, and the, and the, and the, the tongue depressor handle, right? You know, they're walking around. They're talking about depression. and they're like, Listen, folks, don't come... Don't come in, into God's presence and the presence of his people and, and think that you have to put on the face. No, be vulnerable. Now, not everybody knows how to handle vulnerability, right? We have to deal with that stuff, right? But make yourself vulnerable to those that you trust, those that demonstrate a love for you. And, and, but that, to love like Jesus means we ought to be vulnerable. We're going to hit some of those aspects. That's difficult, folks. To love like Jesus requires boldness. You know, ironing, iron sharpening iron is uh, painful, right? It takes boldness for a brother or sister in Christ to approach another brother or sister in Christ and say, hey, you know what? I think I see sin in your life or I think I see a misunderstanding or I see something and I, I think God is moving in my life to, to help you understand more deeply. This is uh, 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 Aquila and Priscilla coming to Apollos saying, hey, listen, you, you know, we we're, we're love the fact that you're talking about Jesus, but we think you're deficient in a couple areas. And he wasn't like posh, you know, which is a Ricky thing. Right? I think of that every time I think of repent, you know. I do the Ricky thing. If When I hear someone, it's just like, I think of Ricky. He's had a huge impact on my life, okay? But think about this. This is uncomfortable to do this type of thing. This takes boldness. But notice, I'm going to say this. The other aspects of love, and I, there, this is not exhaustive, the other aspects of, of this is uh, they all are happening at the same time. You're vulnerable and bold. You're humble as, as, you're, as, as you're doing all this. All this is happening at the same time. That's the love of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus was never just one thing at a time. He was all these things, and we need to, we, we need to strive, right? Romans 8, uh, when we read that great passage, right? And I failed to mention it earlier, right? That great passage, Romans 8, when it talks about, you know, uh, all things work together for good for those who are in Christ, and then it goes on and unpacks, it, and then it ends with this crescendo of, of nothing can separate us from the love of God. And we're thinking, yes! All right, would you repeat that with me? Yes! I didn't hear you. Are you excited about the love of Jesus? Yes! Oh, yes! All right. That's what I'm talking about. There's this great passage of Scripture that says the love of Jesus is never outside of our grasp, it will never be taken away. That should get you excited about living like Jesus, but it's hard. To love like Jesus requires boldness, but you must have love, compassion, mercy, all these things right To love like Jesus requires forgiveness. I almost forgot to put this slide in. I was thinking it through i 'm good to go, right? Get right out of the door. Wait a minute. I forgot to put forgiveness on there. If we talk about loving like Jesus in our relationships to one another, you, we can 't leave this off the table this is this is this is the love of Jesus for us, and we're supposed to like, love like Jesus. Therefore, we are, to, we are called to forgive one another. And that's hard. It can be hard. And so I, I think this is important. These are all aspects of what, things that we're going to talk about over the next few weeks and over the next year, really. So to love like Jesus, you know, all this is true, but it's just one. We're going to go back to the, the passage in, in uh, John 13 just for a moment. To love like Jesus, this is miraculous to me. To love like Jesus proclaims our faith in Jesus. Look at, look at John 13, 35. It says, By this, what list? Loving one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples. We have a new strategy of discipleship that we've Im- implemented in 2021, and we're seeking to build upon that. And, and Jesus says, By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. This is not going to be easy, folks we're asking you to get into the lives of your brothers and sisters in Christ. And we are asking as a pastoral staff, will you please let us into your life as we seek to let you into ours? We are not perfect. I'm surprised I didn't hear a corporate, duh, right? I mean, we are not perfect. We may come across with a lack of compassion. We may come across any number of negative ways you know why because we're human and we have our failings and we have our strengths and we our weaknesses and we're certainly that's not our desire right our desire is to glorify god in everything but folks we're asking that as we talk about you know our discipleship strategy this is this is what we do as a church body and this is where we anchored in verses 34 and 35 by this all will know so so we see here to love like jesus proclaims our faith in jesus to who well, I think it's a pretty powerful word. Uh, all, both in our gathering and outside our gathering. All right? So relationships. This is a slide that's going to kind of summarize everything, but I think if you walk away with one thing, this is it. All right? So this is it. Stay, stay focused on this slide, and then we'll go into an invitation and, and more song. Notice the relationship of the different expressions, right? We love others like Jesus to express our love for Jesus in response to the love of Jesus. Pretty basic stuff, and I only took about half an hour, 35 minutes to, to get this out there, right? All right, but notice this. You can't have one without the others. You cannot have, you cannot love like Jesus if you don't love him, and if you don't know his love. doesn't work that way. You can't, you respond to the love of Jesus if you don't know what the love of Jesus is. So how can you, love, how can you have a love for Jesus if you, if you never responded to his love? See, this is, the, this is the aspect of Christianity that's frustrating for us, isn't it? We come together as a body of believers, and we, we think church membership is important. Why? Because we have a unified faith in the personal work of Jesus Christ. We say it's necessary to acknowledge our sinfulness before a holy God. It's necessary to come to repentance and faith in what Jesus did and only Jesus. But there's this whole group out there that want to consider themselves under the Christian umbrella that say, well, I believe in Jesus and other things, right? I had a, I had a discussion with a lady. I shared this with some of you recently. I had a lady uh, pre- a conversation with a lady in in the grocery store. Oh no, at uh, at uh, Home Depot. Uh, sweet sweet lady, right? Very nice. She was very helpful, helped me out, and she saw my VBS shirt and and uh, she's like, "Oh, Mary Back Valley Baptist Church, right?" I, I don't know if she knows we're right on the corner or not, uh, but she said uh, she basically conveyed that she had a respect for Jesus, but that a high respect, but that. She also studied other religions, and she named some different things. And I'm like, so I, I, I compassion, right? So I say, well, you know, I, I recognize what you're saying. I'd love to maybe sit down and talk to you a little bit more about the essential uniqueness of Jesus Christ. And And I used some words. She received the words. I hope we'll see each other again. I know her name. I won't share her name with you, but I know her name. I will follow up on it. But I'm just saying that, She doesn't know the love of Jesus, but she thinks she has a love for Jesus. And I know many, many people under that umbrella that think because they go to a Christian church, they have a love for Jesus. And it's no, no. Unless the church is based in Scripture and it is a biblical understanding of salvation, which is only through Christ that 's the love of Jesus, so you can 't have one without the other, and so we certainly can 't uh, uh, like uh, we can 't love like Jesus if we don 't know. Uh, the love of Jesus. So again, I just, I think it's important for us to understand this dynamic. That's why I left it up there so long. So as we consider an invitation time, let me just share this quickly, all right? There's three aspects of this. Have you ever responded to the love of Jesus, all right? So you may be with us this morning. Certainly the second service is bigger than the first service uh, in terms of attendance. So, and plus it's being streamed online, and maybe someone's going to watch this a month from now, all right? But have you ever responded to the love of Jesus? That means you understand what the love of Jesus is. We see it on the cross. And we know it's the gospel. And we invite you. This is, this is something that we believe as, a, as leadership. And I know this is the heartbeat of every member and every regular attender here is the idea that would you please stop trying to earn your way to heaven and come to simple faith in that Jesus Christ as God's son paid your debt that you incurred because of sin. And would you come to faith in him and know the love of Jesus? He will forgive you. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Don't let your sin get in the way of a relationship with God. Ask Jesus into your life. How are you doing in your expression of love for Jesus? This is talking to believers, the ones that know the love of Jesus. How are you doing in your worship? Is it genuine? Is it authentic? Is it driven from the inside out? Do you come here out of rote habit? Or do you come here with the, with the, with the intent of, no, I, I, I am overwhelmed this morning I, as I know the love of Jesus, and I, I seek to express that love in return in our worship. Great if you're doing that. You're also called to do it in obedience. How are you doing in that area, right? Loving one another, loving all those things, you know, uh, maturing in your faith. Is your worship in response to what Jesus has done for you, Jesus has loved for you? Are you loving people like Jesus? And and this is the we'll finish with this slide. If you are not sure, and I think that's legit, I'm not sure if I'm loving people. Pastor, you shared some things. I'm not sure I understand what love is. Right? I thought love was just romance. I thought love was just you know uh, other things. No, no, no. This is different. This is this is God's love. But if you're not sure if you know you're loving people like Jesus, I'm asking you. Make it a commitment to come to the services over the next six weeks, at least. And and let's engage in this together. And let's be challenged. Let's be confronted. And let's love each other through, through all of that, okay? This is, this is important stuff, all right? So we have a, we have a song to sing that, that uh, we're going to sing. But as uh, before we go do that, let me go. And then we're going to have, uh, uh, before you go with Pastor Joe, before we do that, let me just close this time in prayer. Thank you for your attention. And, and I, will, I will say this. Um, I don't know if I actually have it. Do I have it? Let's love like Jesus, all right? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be in your word and so many aspects of your word today two simple verses, but uh, Lord, there's so much more in your word about love. And Father, I pray that you challenge us to be students of love, of understanding Jesus' love for us, our love for Jesus, and our love for one another. Lord, may you be glorified as as we respond to your word. May we go out of here thinking today ways that we can Learn a little bit more about what loving others like Jesus looks like. And Father, I pray for faith. Faith for, for those who do not know Jesus. I pray that they would come to faith in Jesus. They would see his great love for them, displayed on the cross, but uh, declared victorious at the resurrection. He died for sin, rose again, seated at the right hand of the Father. Thank you, Father, for revealing that to us. Father, I pray for believers today. I pray that you would work in their hearts to embrace this series and to challenge themselves and those around them to also love like Jesus. Lord, may you be glorified as we sing now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.